Women have been giving birth for centuries, so it's a pretty natural experience, right? Wrong. I'm Stephanie King, professional doula, childbirth educator, and the creator of the My Essential Birth Course, the online childbirth education course that's helping women everywhere confidently achieve their best birth. Today's culture would have us think that birth should be treated like an illness or an emergency, and that most of us need other people telling us what's best for our bodies because we aren't the experts. So sit tight, because if you're tuning into this podcast, you'll probably start to believe in your body, your intuition, and find yourself empowered and confident to do what it takes to have the birth of your dreams. If you like listening to me take you through these weekly topics step-by-step, then you're going to love the My Essential Birth course. Make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast and definitely head over to myessentialbirth.com for the free downloads mentioned right here in these episodes and to join the birth course and community full of pregnant moms just like you. I have to add a disclaimer that I am not a medical professional and I cannot provide medical advice. All of the information expressed in this podcast are based off of personal, professional, and educational experiences and are my own opinion. Please work with a provider you trust for medical advice during your pregnancy and birth. Hey, it is time for the reviewer of the week. And this one comes from Doula Loretta. And she says, as a labor slash birth doula, I'm always looking for fun resources for my clients. I really enjoy all the topics discussed on this podcast. I want to say thank you. And I'm really excited. The reason that I chose this particular review is because I have a postpartum doula here with me today. Uh, But I have to say, I have had a lot of women recently who have been joining the birth course and they're like, my doula recommended this. And so I just want to say a big thank you to all of you that are listening and following along, my fellow doula friends that are learning along uh, with me, hopefully, and passing that information on to the women that you serve. Um, That's just a way that we can branch out and serve even more women. So absolutely love that and wanted to say big thank you for that. So let me start by saying this is a topic that I think we need to talk more about. In fact, it's something that I didn't have a lot of information on until I started teaching childbirth courses and learned about postpartum doulas. Uh, So I'm really excited that we get to discuss this topic today. And I'm going to tell you that I believe strongly in the incredible work that postpartum doulas do, even though I may not have had that benefit for my own birth. So this is definitely something I talk about within the birth course. And now you're going to hear me talk about it on the podcast. And I'm really excited about that. Um, If you're wondering what a postpartum doula does, you are not alone. So be excited. This is the episode for you. But we're going to discuss the benefits of having a postpartum doula. I want to talk about how to find a good postpartum doula near you about how much they cost because I know that's going to fluctuate and how to figure out if this is something that you absolutely should include on your birth team and so I'll explain a little more what I mean by that later because obviously the quick answer is everyone should have a postpartum doula right (laughs) but I do think if you're like weighing options um, between a couple of things and finances are a thing and you're wondering about how you're going to do postpartum because you know you've had prenatal depression or some things like that some factors like that maybe we can kind of bring it in a little bit closer to figure out what's going to be best for your particular situation. Um, But I want to take a moment and introduce or have Soraya introduce herself. So thank you so much for being here with me today. I do want to give you a moment to kind of tell me about yourself, tell me about your family, how you got into postpartum work, all of that. Okay, perfect. Um, So let's see. I am, am originally from southern Utah. I moved to northern Utah to go to school. That's where I met my husband and um, have stayed up here ever since. We have three amazing children, um, seven, five, and three. So I can relate to this gap. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very busy, um, always. And 
Um, let's see. And how I got into postpartum work. I had postpartum depression after my first, and I had no resources. And so once I had my second, I wanted to be proactive about um, staying on top of things. So I went to a postpartum um, postpartum depression, anxiety, whatever, um, support group. And the one of the ladies there that started the group was a postpartum doula. And I was like, tell me about this magic. Like, yeah. what, what is it that you do? And she was like, everyone who has a baby, all of the people want to hold the babies, but nobody wants to hold the moms. And I hold the moms. And I was like, that is beautiful. And I want to do that. Like, and it, my nature is just to be a, a server. I love to serve people. I love to take care of people. Um, and, and having needed that support in my own life, I wanted to give that to other people too. Um, and so that's kind of how that started. I found a course and got talked into into it, even though I wasn't planning on doing it until my children were a little older. Mm. Um, but it ended up working out really well, and I've been doing that for about five years now. Wow, I, I, I actually it. was gonna ask you how that works as a postpartum doula with young kids. Is that actually more conducive to like do you do a lot of overnights do you do a lot of daytime care what does that look like for you um when I was having when I had little babies I did not do overnights because I am one of those people that absolutely has to have (laughs) nine straight hours of sleep every night and otherwise I am a monster and I don't want to be a monster and so I um so I haven't been doing it until recently now my youngest is three and he's sleeping through the night and doing fantastic that way where I can go and be able to take a nap during the day um, if I need to do overnights. I have yet to actually do one. I did schedule a client to be able to do some, but that fell through. So I still haven't actually done any, but I could if I needed to. I love it. Um, For those of you that are listening and you're like, wait, you said postpartum doula and now you're talking overnight. Don't worry, we're going to get there. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you have no idea what we're talking about. I thought we would start with kind of the benefits of postpartum doula work. Now you talked about having postpartum depression Um, those of you that have heard me on this podcast before so I actually suffered from postpartum depression without knowing that that's what I was going through until I started teaching childbirth courses and I had a postpartum specialist come in and talk to my class and I was listening to all of the signs and symptoms and I was like oh my gosh I've been stuck in this for the last five years four and a half years at that time and it was overwhelming and I thought oh my gosh I never dealt with this I didn't know it was a thing I didn't know there was help Uh, I didn't know postpartum doulas existed. So I want to talk about those main benefits of having that postpartum help from someone experienced like yourself. And maybe even a couple of the things that you bring to the table that would be a little bit different than just making sure that mom has familial support or, you know, friends and family that Mm -hmm. come over and and sit and talk with her. How does that look different and what the benefits are? Um, Oh, gosh. Like, I could talk about this all day. So if I... If I um, get a little long-winded, let me know. But, um, like, there are so many different things that a postpartum doula does. Uh, I like to compare it to being an extra family member because that is what I'm doing. But, um, you know, some people don't like to ask family members to do certain things for them. But because Mm -hmm. I'm getting paid, I remind them, like, uh, you're paying me to do whatever grunt work it is that you need done. Like, it's okay to ask. And then that is more of a motivation for them to ask for the things that they normally wouldn't. What are some examples of that? So I I do a lot of housework. Mm -hmm. Honestly, like 
it's almost like being a maid, not necessarily, but like with the extra expertise and other things that I need to do as well. Um, but then there's like helping educate about um, baby care in many different forms, um, educating on feeding tips, like whether it's breast or bottle. Either way, um, I have a little bit of expertise and knowledge in that. There's um, resources that I have that I can refer them to if they have a problem that's bigger than something I can help them with, where a lot of people don't have access to their resources. They think, sure. oh, I've got this problem, but I have nowhere to go because I have no idea who would help me with that, whatever. Yeah. Um, a lot of times I'm just the the shoulder to cry on or the, the listening ear. Um, when they're struggling and nobody else will listen or whatever uh, they feel overwhelmed because nobody's uh, you know like their their kids are crazy and they can't do anything about it and you know like just a little bit of everything that way meal prep um giving tips on how to like um keep yourself sustained snacks reminding them to eat um where i know like a lot of familial support, forget about that. Mm -hmm. But even and especially, um, breastfeeding moms need to eat very regularly after they um, have a baby. But even if they're not breastfeeding, they're still recovering from birth and they absolutely need nourishment to be able to physically recover. Um, and just being able to help them get the recovery help that they need so they don't feel like they have to jump up and start doing all of the mom things and all of the housework and everything from the get-go because you're not supposed to like they'll tell you that but I, I think the majority of moms will actually start getting up and doing housework um, a few days after having a baby which is yeah horrible <laughs> like to even think about I know some people feel really great a few days after they have babies but the majority of people don't but they have to do stuff anyway and right and then, or it like in my case I felt very stressed mm -hmm. when my house it was messy it was making me more stressed I couldn't relax mm -hmm. but then I didn't want to ask anybody to do it because maybe some of it's OCD or whatever but like I liked my things folded a certain way or I liked my dishes done a certain way yeah. or you know things that were gonna bother me to have somebody else take it over so for example I remember after I had my first baby and I know that you don't know my background and everything but the listeners do and I had a cesarean birth and so I needed help sitting up I needed pain medication um, nursing my baby was difficult it was difficult because he was having some issues on top of I'm just trying to not hurt myself while I nurse my baby um, but I remember my in-laws came over over and they were great um, my mother-in-law was somebody who you know I'm bringing food and I'm gonna help in any way I can and I'll hold the baby or I'll I'll do laundry whatever you want um, but I remember it was little things like they came over and my nightstand was a mess and that was stressing me out that they were in my room and my nightstand was a mess and I'm not gonna pretend my house is super clean by any means and I have three kids of my own so it's, <laughs> it's not that but it was a stressor for me and it was little things like my dresser drawers were like a couple of them were ajar and I was just like oh my gosh like Michael Cole the drawers and I remember him and my father-in-law looking at me like like is she serious and you know <laughs> and so he went and like closed the drawers and kind of smiled at me like yeah what was that about you know but um but it, it's those little things that I think mm -hmm. of like oh my gosh if somebody could have come in and not just held my baby but also held my baby um and kind of like like oh let me tidy up your nightstand and your family's coming over and let me make sure that your towels are put away and your drawers are shut like is that silly or is that totally realistic not at all I mean it's whatever like basically what my goal is is to make sure that 
the mom is taken care of mentally and physically, um, mentally, you know, emotionally, everything like, so that she is taken care of, that she is getting her needs met. And if that means closing the drawers, that means closing the drawers. It's fine. I've changed sheets. I've cleaned up bedrooms. Like it's not, there's, you know, the sky's the limit almost on the things that you can help with. Back to that servant. But because she, it just makes her feel so much better to have that done. I'm absolutely happy to do it. Yeah. I mean, you know, there are, there are limits to the things (laughs) that I will do. Um, but there are some things where I'll be like, I'm sure that having that taken care of would just take so much stress off of her that she's not going to be freaking out. Um, and that will kind of give her some peace of mind for the rest of the day or whatever that the dishes are done or the laundry is, um, at least going, so that they have some clean clothes going on or whatever. Um, And I know a lot of people are like, well, oh, my husband can do that. But when you have a new baby, husbands can, or partners even, you know, I don't want to be discriminatory, but um, they can get overwhelmed too and be exhausted. You know, they'll probably be working all day and then come home and have to deal with baby and maybe other kids too. And and they're exhausted too and they just want to rest too. And so like having that extra help is nice so that they can have rest as well as the mom. Yeah. Um, and for that bonding time, right? Just as absolutely. like a doula does, because you're also um, a birth doula. Right. So it's the same thing, right? Like you want to take care of the little things so that the family really gets to bond and enjoy yeah. that time together yep. instead of being like stressed and, and on edge. And my, my husband has actually been on the podcast and he talked about he went through postpartum depression, which mm. we don't talk about a lot, right. you know, but there is because there's so much weight on them. And, and then to not hear about it. I mean, I didn't hear about it until we were doing the podcast like a couple months ago. And I'm like, yeah oh, you went through postpartum depression. Like, let's talk about this. You need to share this with other people. And how did you get through it? So um, Mm. I love that you brought that up because it is, it's it's an entire family change and the dynamic, especially from going two to none, you know? (laughs) And and of course, every time you add a child, but two, like coming from none and then going from to one is like, oh, like you can talk Mm -hmm. about it and learn about it all you want. It is different once you're doing it. Absolutely. I, I love that you shared that. Um, I do want to get into a little bit about how would someone find someone like you? How would you find a postpartum doula? Um, that is a good question. Um, <laughs> a lot of my business is word of mouth. Um, so you can ask on like mo- local mom groups um, if there's anybody that they know about. Um, or there's websites like doulamatch.net um, is a, I don't remember if it's national or if it's worldwide. Um, But that is a really good place. And you can type in postpartum doula specifically, and it'll bring up the ones that are registered near you um, with the website. Um, In Utah, um, the UDA uh, website also has a good amount of um, people registered on there, and you can look up there. Um, Or you can do a local search on google or whatever and just be like postpartum doula is near me yeah (laughs) um i can't guarantee that that's going to be a really great way of finding somebody (laughs) like i said it's mostly word of mouth um but you can usually find somebody really good around you um just by asking uh, either local birth forums on facebook or whatever there's there's lots of different ways of finding people you just kind of have to be creative in the ways you look sometimes 
Okay. And then tell me a little bit about, these are some of my questions, my curiosity. Like, how do you vet somebody? How do you know that this person is going to be an an excellent postpartum doula? I am not going to, I have heard of a couple of times where it's like, oh, I hired this postpartum doula and like she fell through or it didn't help me Mm. with this. And I remember thinking, well, I know that there's like trainings for birth doulas. And you mentioned taking a training. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about that. What are some skills that you're looking for when you are looking to hire a postpartum doula? Um... That's kind of a hard question just because every training is actually really different. And so it's hard to find somebody that um, that you, like basically the only thing I'm going to say is that you just find somebody that you mesh with. Okay. Like so emotionally. similar to birth doula. Yeah, you basically. someone that you're comfortable in your space. Absolutely. Okay. Um, because that's, you know, if you're uncomfortable with so-and-so doing your dishes, you're just not going to be comfortable with that. You're, yeah. Or if you're uncomfortable with so-and-so changing your baby's diaper, you know, like, or taking care of your older kids, whatever it is that you're looking for them to do, if you're uncomfortable with them doing it, you're not going to get relaxed. It's not going to be worth what you're going to pay them. Um, so absolutely, it's just finding somebody that you mesh with. Um Training-wise, um, everyone's going to be different no matter what, um, as long as just like whatever's important to you. If you want somebody who is a little bit more knowledgeable about breastfeeding resources mm-hmm. or whatever, um, there are some that have like uh, lactation consultant trainings as well, um, mm-hmm. on top of their postpartum work, and so they can help a little bit extra or other things like that. But really... Um, the, the support is going to be whatever you're looking for, Okay. hopefully. Yeah, it made, it made me actually brought up a question when you were talking about, you know, I can do all these, like, cleaning and all this housework stuff, but then I'm also, you know, especially, like, I can help with breastfeeding or I can help with some of this mental stuff. So do you have skills and training that show, because mom isn't probably going to say, I'm having the hardest time. Maybe she will. Some mm-hmm. moms would. But some moms, you're going to have to pick up on that. And so I assume like that's some of the training that goes into it. And then you've got those resources. Is that right? Yes. Yes, okay. it is. Um, yeah. So they do go, at least in my training, they went over um, ways to kind of um, spot postpartum depression or anxiety issues, ways of being able to kind of help moms realize or other families, family members realize um, what's going on. And a lot of the people that I do work with are already worried about having those issues. Mm. And so we talk about tools um, on how to recognize what it is that they're going through, what they're feeling, and how to deal with it. Um, And I always tell them that if they're having any issues, that they can text me day or night, like, because I don't want them to feel like they don't have somebody they can talk to if they're really struggling. Um, And then I can point them in in the direction of whatever resources that they need. Um, because that, that is something that's really important to me because I've experienced it too. And sometimes it feels very lonely. Mm -hmm. Like it's a very lonely place to be and you feel like nobody understands and nobody can help you or whatever, but that's absolutely not true. And so I want everyone to, to know that that's available for them. And, um, but yes, I have, um, training and being able to kind of try to recognize what's going on and to gently let them know. Either let them know or just kind of gently ask how they're feeling and kind of mm. just not even – the word that's coming to my mind is pry, but that's not the, <laughs> that's not the right word. Um, just kinda, figure out if you are feeling well. <laughs> just kind of be like, okay, like I'm noticing that you're having a little bit of a rough time with such and such. Like are you struggling with 
feelings, you know, like yeah. this is overwhelming for you, et cetera, et cetera. And then just kind of um, try and get the conversation going that way. And then um, help them know that there is um, help and resources if there is something that they need to express. Um, I have a really handy dandy resource that is a, um, like a, a personal test. So, um, I think everybody is, um, familiar with the Edinburgh scale. It's kind of like the Edinburgh Edinburgh scale. Gosh, I can't talk, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but it is, um, more in depth and, um, a doula and a naturopath um, came up with this where um, there's a certain amount of questions that are like there's a green zone and a yellow zone and a red zone and if the if you answer yes in any of the yellow or red zone um, things uh, it's highly recommended that you get help um, from a mental health professional okay um, and so I usually will give my clients a handful of those and be like if you're ever feeling down take one of these and um, you know just kind of answer these questions and then you can see whether or not you're in the green or red or yellow zone and then kind of and then it just says you know like this one is like talk to somebody and then this one is like seek help now right (laughs) you know like (laughs) that type of thing so it's it's a little bit more of a a a tool that they can use personally um to be able to tell whether or not they need help and it's easier for them to see in a physical sense that yes I need help where um when you're playing with it in your head it's really hard to you can talk yourself out of it oh yeah really for sure yeah yeah especially when you're dealing with depression a lot of times um you talk yourself into I'm not worth the help or Mm -hmm. it's not worth the money because we don't have the money or whatever um and so it's really hard to talk yourself into getting the help that you need um, until you reach a certain point or unless an outside source is like, no, you need to, you need to take care of yourself. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. All right. So tell me a little bit about what someone can expect to spend on the cost of a postpartum doula. Oh, and I had another question that came up while you were talking, um, because you were talking about postpartum and this scale, for example, and ways that you help other family members realize what's going on. Mm-hmm. So it made me curious, say that a birth partner or husband does realize something's not right with mom or she's having a hard time. I'm not sure if, you know, this needs a little more attention. Yeah. Um, is it too late? Like, does a postpartum doula need to be hired before the birth or can you bring them in once you realize mom does need more support now? Um, it varies from doula to doula, um, usually depending on their um, availability. But um, for me, you can hire a postpartum doula anytime you realize that you need the extra help. Um, And there are some doulas who will be like, I don't help past three months postpartum or whatever Mm, because they're so busy. They're just like immediate postpartum after that, get like a nanny or something Mm -hmm. if you need the extra help um, in the house. Um, I know that moms usually need extra help for a long time after that. And so I'm willing to do it up to a year postpartum. Wow. Um, oddly enough, I the statistic is that the majority of um, suicides that happen in um, postpartum women is usually 9 to 12 months postpartum. Wow. When everyone thinks that they should have everything figured out mm-hmm. already. But it's it's not 
easy, you know? And so I don't want anyone to feel like they don't have the help that they need and feel so overwhelmed that they get to that point. Mm. Um, So I'm available for a little bit longer than I didn't realize you could have them that far out. That's amazing. You can. And like I said, it it depends on um, from doula to doula, um, what they're willing to do, what their availability is, et cetera. Um, So, yeah. Like I, I said, it. it's, it's totally different depending on who it is you're looking for. Um, so as far as, because I'm wondering about as far as finances, it's like I know it's kind of an hourly thing, or at least I think it's an hourly thing that I've seen, but I also see like um, you have packages, and not you specifically, but I've seen like postpartum doulas that have packages like this many hours, and it's this much per month or this much per week. So what does that look like for moms? Yeah, so mm, this is also something that just varies sure. so much. <laughs> Um, you're going to look at spending $25 an hour minimum um, for a minimum of three hours for pretty much every every postpartum doula you're going to find. Um, most of them will be more than that, um, right around $35 or $40. Um, and expect to pay more per hour if you're doing overnights. Um, I think pretty much everyone raises their (laughs) rates if you're asking for overnights, but sometimes it's totally necessary and totally worth it. So like, don't, don't like scrimp on the cost just because you're worried about spending 10 extra bucks an hour. Um, because if you need it, you need it. And taking care of yourself should be an absolute first priority. Yeah. So anyway, um, there are some people that have packages. Um, I personally do have packages, but the majority of the time I get hired for hourly. Mm. Um, and currently my rate is $25 an hour. If I get busier, I'll raise it. Um, but for now, that, that's what I end up doing for three to five, five hours at a time. Okay. So, yeah. That's awesome. All right. I want to move into the, how do I know if I am someone who should have a postpartum doula other than the blanket? Everyone should probably have a postpartum doula period. (laughs) Absolutely. I so wish that insurance would cover it because it would be so amazing for everyone to have access to that support that they need. Although there are so many people that actually really don't want the service. Um, which has really surprised me so much. That's surprising. Do you feel like that might be some people that need it that are saying they don't want it? Well, it's mostly like people, friends that I've talked to who are like, um, I'm too OCD about XYZ. And yeah. so I just would rather do it myself. <laughs> but I'm like, well, okay. Friends, I guess right. that's your your opinion and that, that's what you get to choose. But um, a lot of people will say that they think it's a really great idea but they don't do it for, you know, one reason or another. Most of the time it's money. Sure. But, um, which I can understand that. It gets expensive. Yeah. Um, but there's a really cool new resource I just found um, that is called Be Her Village, and it's like a registry, but it's for services, doula services okay. or, um, like, lactation consultants or whatever other resources that you feel like you need. Um and I really love that. I've, I want to connect with the, the lady who started that and kind of get more into that because I think that's a really great idea. Yeah. I think something that I've definitely talked about on here, but that is really important to note is this mom has her baby 
and nobody sees her until six weeks. No, no mm-hmm. medical person, nobody who right. can catch some of these things, right? Unless you right. have a birth doula that is coming and seeing you postpartum, unless you have a postpartum doula, unless you've taken maybe a good birth class and you have some resources, right? But still, the like hands-on support that a mom does not receive here in the United States mm-hmm. is huge. So when we're talking about catching these things and early on, I mean, some of them are medical like hemorrhaging or you know serious medical physical issues yeah. that bring back mom into the hospital. Um, and then some of them are this like mental state. Like I couldn't believe that. And I, because I had a cesarean birth, I was in the hospital for three days, right? Before they let me go. But I could not believe they were sending me home with this baby. Like I had no training. I didn't know what I was doing. I, you expect me to be able to keep this thing alive. I don't know what I'm doing. And it was scary. Besides so, the fact that you're recovering from yes, major surgery. Yes. And the the bleeding and the everything. And of course, they're like, well, let me give you this rundown while you're on medications or recovering from this of like, in case this happens, do mm-hmm. this and do this. Yep. And I know that there's that really funny, it's like that, um, oh gosh, audio going around right now that everyone's like, so, you know, um, make sure that you're, you're feeding on demand, but also make sure that you're getting sleep and don't mm-hmm. pick up this much weight, but you have to carry this carrier with you everywhere that you go. And it was just kind of this funny back and forth. And you're like, yes, that's how you feel. Like you feel like you're bipolar all of a sudden, mm-hmm. like everyone's just telling you all these different things and you don't know what to listen to. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think this like idea of postpartum care from somebody who really knows what to look for, who knows how to support, who knows how to love on you and can help the family, you know, Mm -hmm. make sure that that's happening. Yeah. That sounds like the golden ticket to me. Like if everybody had this care, how much would we decrease postpartum depressions and anxieties and suicide? Absolutely. It's huge. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of went off on a tangent. I just like, I (laughs) love the work that you guys do and I wish I would have known about it. And I love this opportunity that you have to speak to a wider audience and share that information because it's really big. Yeah. Everybody needs to know about it. And hopefully everyone can have access to that. It's such a great thing. Um, I ended up having to get one or not having to actually hiring a postpartum doula with my last one because I knew that I had um, previous issues with postpartum depression and anxiety and it was super helpful like and I'm so glad that I did it and I really hope that other people can take advantage of that resource as well because it's invaluable like especially if you feel like you can rest and recover and take that time rather than feeling like you have to jump right back into life after having a baby. Yeah. Will you maybe just for a moment speak to the contrast for for you, for yourself, like maybe not having one, needing some extra support, and then what mm-hmm. it was like for you to have one? Like what was different about it? What was better about it? Um, Sorry to put you on the spot. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. I, I'm trying to figure out how to like say it in a smaller segment than just explaining everything. <laughs> right. Um, so no, like it was – like I had really great help from like my mother-in-law and my mom. My mom lives far enough away that she couldn't come for a super long time. Um, but she came and helped for like a week or two um, for each baby. And then after that, I was kind of on my own. My mother-in-law would come and help whenever she needed to or whenever I'd ask her to. Um, but it was harder to be like, I really need somebody to come watch the baby and uh, so I can sleep and there were some times where I was like texting all of my friends being like can somebody please come so I can take a nap because I'm exhausted or whatever and just nobody wants to nobody can because life is busy and crazy and whatever 
Um, and so for me, having that postpartum doula come in and be like, okay, I have this set time. I can feed the baby really quick right before she gets here so I can have like a two or three hour nap mm. um, and just kind of catch up on a little bit of sleep, which I mean, I we talked about that already. I really need that good sleep. Yeah. Um, and so it was easier to feel a little bit more rejuvenated and um, a little bit better about life after that. Yeah. So it was so nice. And I, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've had clients jokingly but not so jokingly say oh I wish you could just live here with us <laughs> and like just so relieved with the help yeah. that they can get yeah. um that makes a lot of sense to me yeah. a lot yeah that I absolutely same thing I wish I would have known and um kind of like we were talking about even this is something that maybe I haven't talked about enough on here, but I know this is kind of like the idea that's floating around right now. And that's behind the finances of taking care of ourselves during pregnancy and during postpartum, you know, and um, the idea that I've heard a lot or the thing that I, that I loved that I felt like I needed to hear was like, you spend how much on a wedding, right? And how much time, effort, energy, finances do we put into having babies, which is just as if not much more a life-changing event Absolutely. and I think of that with the preparation obviously I teach childbirth class I think that's really important to know what you're going into there I'm going to feel the same way about the postpartum and I think of that and I'm like why aren't we asking you know if you're sending money or sending whatever you know in- include this part of it in it include how we're going to feel afterwards or during these really important moments in it and put money aside for that. We budget for these other for sure. things. We ask friends and family for for money for those things. Yep. Why not do it for something that's going to affect you possibly the rest of your life? Um, and I think that's a, a big deal. I think that's something that every mom should consider as we're going into, there's not enough support. Yeah. And if we have an opportunity to find it, that we should have budgeted money for it if possible. Um, Absolutely. I, before you leave here, you had talked about doing a stillbirth certification. And I have to tell yeah. you, I love that there are women out there that can support for this because this is one of those things that I feel like slips through the crack. We deal with moms that have babies. We deal with moms who have miscarriages. Um, Earlier on, um, stillbirth obviously can happen at any time, miscarriage, stillbirth. Um, Mm -hmm. But the support that is involved with that, I feel is like none. We don't really talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. There's no support. So Mm -hmm. will you take a little time and talk about stillbirth and what you do and what you're looking to do? Yeah, so the the, um, agency that I'm certifying through is called Stillbirth Day. Um, But it's kind of a misnomer because it's for all infant and pregnancy loss, including miscarriage as well. Um, And it, it is vital. It is a great resource but it's also a very personal thing Mm. you know um for anyone who's experienced a a loss in any way shape or form um it's a very personal experience and um i lost a baby last year at at 11 weeks Mm. and i had no idea how personal like i i can't even describe how personal it is like you just don't want to talk to anybody who doesn't know what you're going through you just don't want to have anybody to you don't want to have anything to do with anybody who's not going to talk about your baby but you don't want to talk about it with everybody and so you're just kind of that and then you know it's a very hard thing 
to go through. And so if it's not somebody that you know and trust, a lot of times people just want to deal with it on their own um, for any kind of loss, you know. And so it's it's something that is out there for people who want it. Um, and I will absolutely support anybody who would like support if they're going through a loss, if they know that they're they're going to have a baby that's going to be stillborn or miscarry or whatever. Um, I will absolutely support them. And this is, this is something I feel passionate enough about that you're going to have so many other things to worry about that I don't want you to have to worry about how to pay me. So I do this uh, service for free. Um, and a lot of times it ends up being just supporting somebody through a miscarriage, um, even if it's just emotionally, um, just kind of talking through it, telling them that these feelings are okay to be experiencing, et cetera. Um, so I'm taking this uh, class to kind of become a little bit more knowledgeable about how to deal with those special situations, be more kind and concerned and um, sensitive to those things. So it's a it's a very great service. I could never have thought that I could have done it before because I have um, I've actually uh, witnessed a stillbirth before and it was horrific to the point where I couldn't like it, it tra- traumatized me for a couple weeks um, and I w- I didn't even know the person and so after that um, I was like no way I would never do that and then I had my own loss and I had a a doula friend come and support me through that mm-hmm. and it was I like what's the word it was invaluable her support having her there because I knew she had had a couple losses of her own and so she knew what I was going through she could kind of check on me and my emotions and be like how are you doing what can I do for you and like pretty much all she did the whole time was she gave me foot rubs and it was just like <laughs> like just trying to make sure that I was as comfortable as possible through the whole thing and it was it was so nice to have her there um, and I, I want to be that support for somebody else if they are going through the same thing because sometimes you just don't want to do it alone yeah I agree yeah I love that um, do you have any recommendations for women who are listening who maybe know somebody who has had a miscarriage or a stillbirth mm-hmm. um, or dads that are listening, any recommendations for um, the right things to say or do, even just a few kind of tips? Yeah. Um, not ignoring the the fact that you have lost a baby. Um, I know a lot of people like to change the subject to try and like get your mind off of it or because they're uncomfortable about it. Um, but a lot of moms who experience loss are like, I don't want to talk about anything but my baby. So if you're not, if you're going to, if you're going to come to my house and talk about the weather, just go away. Like, I don't want it. Um, for me, it was invaluable to have, um, meals. We had, I had so many people bring meals and it was such a wonderful thing. Um, and then just hugs. I loved the hugs. Like people were just like, I've, I've gone through this before too. I'm so sorry. We love you so much. Um, things not to say is they're in a better place or I guess it wasn't meant to be or um, things like that. Like it sounds, I know some people are very well-meaning when they say stuff yeah. like that, but it's up a whole lot more hurtful um you know even if it's true 
a lot of things that it's like, even if it's true, sometimes it's not helpful or it's not, it doesn't make you feel good. And so just don't say it. Um, one of the best things you can just say is, I love you and I'm sorry. Uh, well, even I'm sorry got really tiring after a while. Like people would just like look at me with those pitiful eyes and just be mm. like, I'm so sorry. And it got to the point where I was just like, don't, don't look at me now. Like mm. I'm, I'm so tired of that. Like, um, that's a hard thing to deal with. And so, you know, um, just letting people, uh, having that support, having people let you know that they love you. And if you need anything that they're there to help, um, stuff like that. I like that. Yeah. Sorry. I'm so long winded (laughs) about that. (laughs) This is great. Um, I have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. Um, I yeah, have not met Soraya until today. Uh, we connected through an online group, and it's actually a baby-wearing group. And um, anyways, when I was told that you're this great resource and the postpartum doula, of course, I reached out. And now we get to have this excellent conversation. You get to share with all these you know, thousands and thousands of people that listen to this podcast. Um, I definitely want to give you an opportunity to tell everybody where they can find you and reach out to you, um, particularly if they're here in Utah. But I, mm-hmm. it sounds like maybe even the stillbirth stuff, you do a little bit of that. They don't have to be local. Yeah. Um, but but tell me where everyone can find you. Um, okay, so I'm on Facebook as um, Mother Lovin' Care. It's Lovin' without a G. There's no G in there. Um, and then my website is motherlovincare.com. Awesome. And I will include all of that in the show notes. So if you guys are looking for that, you will have the links for you um, probably in the email that goes out the week this goes live as well. But thank you for being vulnerable. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. And (laughs) I'm really grateful that you've been able to be here with us. Thank you for having me. I really loved it. That's it for this week, but make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you get notifications first as I drop new episode every week. And don't forget to head over to myessentialbirth.com for all of the free downloads mentioned here and to join the birth course and community serving pregnant moms just like you. If you enjoyed this and other episodes, I would love it if you would take a few minutes to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I read every single one and include one at the beginning of each episode. See you next week.